Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast. This is your host, Jonathan. I'm joined by my co-host, Christian. Unfortunately, Chris could not get away today, but we do have a special guest with us in studio. We would like to welcome LAFC Caballero. Welcome to the show, sir. How's it going, guys? Uh, First of all, thank you guys for having me here. I appreciate it a lot. Um, My Instagram handle is going to be LAFC underscore Caballero. It's going to be C-A- B-A-L-L-E-R-O. Thank you, guys. How's it going? Oh, well, absolutely a blast. Pleasure to have you on. Thank you um, for coming all the way out to Shoulder to Shoulder Studios here. Uh, for those of you out there, if you want to follow us, you can follow us at LAFCS2S. We are always looking for consumer content, so if you guys have any questions for the show, want to come on the show, or you know, just want to reach out to us, you can reach out to me, Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at LAFCS2S.com, or Chris and Christian follow the same format. So we got the particulars out of the way. Let's talk about going to Portland and whooping some timber booty. Can't wait. Can't wait to have this discussion. So that thank you, Caballero, for being here. You know, it's, it's, it's a privilege to have you here, and uh, we appreciate the effort to come through LA traffic from K-Town all the way to the Valley. Oh, my pleasure. Glad to be here. Oh man, you live in K Town. We could have gone down there and recorded with Doc Fries. Yeah, oh. Beer Belly. Yeah, Beer Belly. Oh, shout out Beer shout Belly. Out, yeah. Love yeah, that yeah, place. Yeah. Great place. Shout out the Will Turn. So many things in K Town. Yeah. I like out Jimmy. BCD, twenty four seven Korean uh, tofu soup. Two Tigers. Yeah. FCFC yeah. Pod. Shout yeah. out to the Pod Fam. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in K Town, yeah. man. I'm, I'm digging it. But first and foremost, we uh, we we ruined the Timbers. Home reopener and man, are they salty about it? What a game! Yeah, uh, it wasn't the you know movies homecoming movie that you wanted to see uh, for them. Unfortunately, LAFC just on that kind of streak right now. I mean, we got to watch it. I was at the D9U watch party, um, you know, taking it down at our new clubhouse. But you, sir, were there. Tell us what that experience was like. I want to hear about it first. Yeah, I was at a wedding, Did- so I didn't even get to watch it. Oh. Did you get to bask in the sweet tears? Of oh the my Timberland? god! All right, all right. It was a great time. Um, like first of all, I went out there on Thursday and um, ended up hanging out with the crew. Uh, great freaking people. Great place to be with. Um, and um, it was just a great day. You know, like we started off. We ended up going to that uh, bar, chanting down the street. It literally felt like we're in Los Angeles, just going to like another game to the bank. Like Portland was black and gold. It was amazing. And then we got there, we waited in line, line was a little long, we were there for a while, it was kind of like, kind of sucky. Um, I feel like they were kind of trying to like tire us, like tire us out, like we were waiting out there for like, I feel like an hour, it was, it was really long before they let us in. I'm like, whoa, what's going on, you know, like, my buzz is going down, I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, no. Um, but we finally went in, you know, the game was going great, uh, we started off really strong, it was, it was freaking amazing. Two goals in the beginning, and then uh, halftime came. Timbers were came at it with like momentum. I was like, "Yo, no!" (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "No!" And then, um, yeah, like I felt like, yeah, it wasn't like a homecoming game for like Portland, you know, like not the movies, definitely not the movies, you know. They lost at home on the reopening, 
like, that's some really sad stuff. Like, that's really disappointing. Like, I would be crying if I was a Timbers fan. So <laughs> There was a lot I was disappointed about. I mean, you spend all that money remodeling that stadium and you don't put down grass? Like, what? Yeah. Like, no. literally the only people in Portland that can't grow grass are the Timbers. The greenest place, like, <laughs> yeah. in the north, like the northwest of the country where it's raining all the time. How do you call yourself, like, Land of Roses, one of the most difficult plants to grow, and yet you can't grow grass? I just am I'm so confused. Yeah, I don't understand that. Um, I'm even more confused by their TIFO. Like, I, what? What was that? Like, I have no clue. <laughs> like, our, our, I mean, I, I love me some Alpine Village, but I'm not going to do an Alpine Village TIFO. Like, I'm so confused, like, by their Knott's Berry Farm TIFO. Like, what? <laughs> Can someone explain to me the connection between the Enchanted Forest and the Timber Army? Like, what is going on there? That's, that's a good question. I mean, maybe they felt like it was an enchanted night and there's just happened to be a villain present yeah. that wins in the end, like the opposite of the movies going back to my earlier. Um, I don't know if it was drawn by a child, I guess I, I would be like, <laughs> oh, OK, like that's cute. Like one of the kids drew it like and they made a TIFO like it's got a cute story behind it. But I, I really think they legitimately thought that was endearing i don't know it certainly wasn't intimidating i no, mean not at all maybe yeah. they're they like ironic right like the beards up there so yeah, it was yeah. too hipster where no one understood what was going oh, on yeah. oh, okay i'm definitely not cool <laughs> enough to understand it, I, I, I don't i don't get it at all um i mean i i guess it wasn't racist we'll give them that like yeah. i don't know they were waving I don't know. Yeah, Waving no, Trump yeah, flags. Yeah, like, I don't know about yeah. It's just a weird vibe up there. I mean, I'm not I'm not getting political. Yeah. We're not political on yeah. this show. There are yeah. a lot of different political beliefs represented within the fabric of this show, but uh it, it does seem odd to be I don't know. There was a lot about their whole fan support for it that just did not make sense to me whatsoever. But our fan support, on the other hand, was intimidating. And amazing. Outstanding. What would you say the number of fans in the stadium were? Close to 1,000 or so? I've heard numbers of up to 1,100, and I've heard numbers as low as the high 570s. Um, I mean, I think 700 kind of splits the gap there, and I think a lot of people are going with that number. Yeah. What was your impression? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, we started off like hearing at the airport, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get like 500 people. But uh, come game day, it looked like there was more than like 500, you know, at least like a thousand like 700 900 you know like it was a lot of black and gold out there you know um just being in the stands with the, like all our family you know it was, it was amazing the energy we we're giving out um uh, we can't hear you because i couldn't hear anything coming from them like at all the wow whole are you serious i'm completely serious i didn't hear anything coming from them all i could see is like one or two flags waving sometimes you know what i'm saying like i i couldn't hear anything is that do you think that that happened because LAFC scored so early that they kind of felt deflated or just at the beginning of the game, they had nothing. Like, um, f to start the game, they were just already not loud. I, I feel like I just couldn't hear them from the beginning of the game, but um, I feel like just scoring so fast and so early in the game for us kind of, like, did demotivate them a bit. Um, They were kind of just, like, I don't know, like, they were kind of sorry the whole time, but it is what it is. You know, we are the better team and the better supporters, you know? I mean, I don't disagree with that. And I, I thought that the way they were fouling, and it wasn't just the eight on Vela. They just had some dirty tackles on Harvey and Latif and uh, Dio. 
which to me wasn't handled well. We were averaging for a stretch of the, I think the season, like one red card per game and it was warranted. And I think this game should have had at least two because some of these tackles were mismanaged by the referee, in my opinion. It was wild. Yeah. It was wild. I mean, I know we're used to certain games being quote unquote chippy. And there are some people who really like physical soccer and that appeals to them. I I mean, I don't I don't disagree that a physical game can be a good game, but there were times in which people crossed the line and discipline wasn't handed out. It seemed like it was very clear that they knew it was their home reopener and they were letting Portland get away with stuff and they got away with it early. So then you know, I mean, then there's a kind of a pushback from LAFC to make every foul look a little worse. Then there's a pushback from the refs to not enforce it as much. But, I mean, the replays are pretty clear. You know, there were two-footed challenges that, that, yeah. that didn't get cards. I mean, there was straight-up punches being thrown, people getting choked. Yeah. I mean, the game probably should have ended up 9v10. You know, probably. And that, that And that might have been a more accurate, but, uh, you know, had the ref just early on in the game, set the standard that, hey, look, we're not going to accept this. Let's play a clean game and let's have a good game out of it. Yeah. But man, A couple was... yellows early, even on both sides, if that's what he thought would have made it a better free-flowing game because I think there was, I mean, the tactic was there to foul, to, to try to stop in one way or another. If you're a marquee player in Europe right now and you're thinking about coming to MLS, does this game encourage you to come? Probably not. Right. right. If you're a fan and you tuned in for a marquee matchup, did this matchup make you think, gosh, MLS is something I should really get into? You know, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, from an optics standpoint, from a player protection, from a player acquisition standpoint, there's not much you can defend this from right. and, and say that, oh, gosh, I can see at least, you know, from 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 some viewpoint that this was an acceptable way to to have this game go down. I just I, I failed to see the logic in not protecting the players, protecting the game, you know, in, in, in not managing it better. It just does not make sense to me. Did you have a particular player that you thought was outstanding? Um, honestly, for me, my favorite player right now, well, it's always been Latif Blessing. And yes. For him to make that winning goal, like, like I, I had like almost had, I was tearing up, you know, like that was it was beautiful, like to see. Latif get that goal, you know, he's he deserves all the stuff that's coming towards him right now and like him putting that effort in it's just amazing to see him like shine. I agree with he's you. I, star man right there. I, I get a little like emotional whenever he scores cuz I know how much he well you can tell how much he puts into each match. Like I feel and I've said this before like he goes home and collapses cuz he's just running everywhere and he took some hard tackles himself. Yeah, and he's a tiny guy. He's probably like a buck 40 like 5-4 or something like that. And yeah, that's he, generous. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. Um, I said it before, say it again. He wins the Heart and Soul Award for yeah. me uh, by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Uh, on a team in which we have so many players that are so passionate about this community, this fan base, this team, you know, Latif to me, I mean, he just symbolizes so much about what this team represents to our community. Um, you know, a person who endured a lot in their life to get where they are, a person who has worked very hard, who, whose work rate cannot be questioned, right? whose adaptability mm -hmm. cannot be questioned. I mean, if we are the melting pot city, he is a melting pot player, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I mean, I would hate to see him go. I hope he stays forever and yeah. plays his whole career with us because he's one of those players that, 
you know, I, I don't buy a lot of player jerseys, but I, I would happily spend my hard-earned money on a blessing jersey and, you know, and, and wear it proudly for the rest of his career and then some. There's, I think there's two of them in this household right now and probably another one. One signed so I don't wear it um, by him and he's the sweetest guy. But out there, I, what, what gets me too is when he does score, like, the happiness. Like, he's already a happy guy, but, like, somehow he becomes happier and he starts dancing and I feel like it pumps the fans up. I'm sure the stands were erupting when he did his little shimmy up in the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Um, yeah, from the first game I saw him, I was like, yeah. I seen him, like, running up and down, up and down. And he was just like, I was like, damn, that guy is my favorite player, yeah. Um, my star man, definitely, yeah. yeah. If Jersey, I was to compose if I was to compose a dream list of players off the current roster who would come on this show, and I was given three options. Option one, Latif. Option two, Latif. Option three, Latif. Absolutely, 100%. For sure. I think he's the most captivating story, the most captivating individual on this team. Uh, amazing. I think overall, the Binfield and Bost, too. Like, Atuesta obviously gamed again, and Kay, like, they, they overwhelmed him. Um, but I will say, even though... They didn't perform well. I think that home crown did push that team to get close to almost tying um, and prolonging the game the way that it was. But, you know, hats off to the team. Last year, this kind this kind of game would have been a tie or a loss. I feel like they're getting better and better at closing out tough matches and doing it on the road, such as a stadium like Providence. It's not easy to do. And getting three points right before you're resting for two weeks and you're reaching 37 points, which is kind of crazy. You know, they're 20 points away from what they did last year, and they're not even halfway through the season. It's incredible to me what they're doing this year. We talk about work rate. Without Vela's work rate, that fifth-minute goal doesn't happen. Unless he's right. pressing and collapsing, that goal doesn't happen. Yep. This is Bob Bradley infecting this team with a desire to to press at all times. Without that, you know, it's a 2-2 draw and we're saying oh gosh you know we played a great game they played dirty we split the points so on and so forth but I mean it's the tactical pressing that caused that goal to happen you know and and Ramirez did the great thing to to kind you know make the goalkeeper stay honest you know and and gave Vela the opportunity to slot it right side Um, there's so much about that that had training pitch written all over it we capitalized on a mistake in a way that was clinical and that clinical finishing that, that way of just absolutely dissecting a team when they make a mistake is something that has been a hallmark of our ability so far this year to get that extra goal when that happens. Without that happening, it's a 2-2 draw. And the whole conversation changes completely. Um, That's yeah. a good point. I mean, and Christian Ramirez did it last game. He got a goal, same thing, pressuring him that high up the pitch, right? And that game would have been a 3-2, and it would have been more of a nail-biter at the end. And so ironic, last match, we're sitting here talking about how does the keeper not see that coming? And once again, how <laughs> does the keeper not see that coming? Um, but, you know, I mean, hats off to to the Portland players for at least on the striker side. Um, I mean, that bicycle kick was pretty amazing. Yeah. I have to tip my hat. That was, you know, that was well shot. Um, you know, getting the deflection off Miller's chest there and, and, and being able to slot that next one home was a bit of luck. Those things happen. Yeah. Um, the other goals that we scored were pure class goals. And Latif, I mean, first touch in the air, 
side of the keeper. Yeah. Just just beautiful. I mean, I think I've watched that replay ten times already. Um, it was amazing. What I loved about it was it came from the side, right from the right side to him. He he took a bad touch, but he had the presence of mind to know they had a player coming to him behind him, a no look pass to Harvey. It was to me it was like a prolonged one too, because Harvey just put it down, looked up and saw that that second run was making to the second post right to Latif's boot and Latif didn't try to overhit it. He just, you, you, know, you don't like how he receives the pass by sending the ball eight feet into the air. Right. Straight like, <laughs> that was that was a terrible touch, but he I think he understood the timing and spacing. I mean, there is such chemistry where he didn't even really have to look and know that Harvey was on the left side and Harvey was, you know, pushing up. And he didn't keep the ball for that long, knowing that Latif was gonna make that run immediately. It was it was just going back to what you were saying, like they're they're training on these things and I almost think the original pass was intended to go wide left to Harvey, and he cut that pass off, and that's why it came in so hot, and that's why it played so far straight up. And I think he kind of realized, oh, shoot, that pass came in hot. Like, it was probably intended to go out to Harvey, and that's why he, no look, boom, sends it out. But either way, he had the wherewithal to then, you know, cut back right across through the channel and get that pass coming back at him. So, I mean, that was... It was beautiful to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I wish that I could have said that I heard the 3252 or that I heard anything. But, you know, look, I was in the D9U clubhouse. And if you know anything about D9U, about an hour before the match and about an hour after the match and nothing in between is audible other than drums cheering and Julio telling you to keep cheering if you have stopped. And, and that is it. <laughs> Um, it was pretty cool. Chris actually came and joined me at the D9U oh, clubhouse. Oh, that's awesome. I'm jealous. Um, he is, as of today, officially a member of D9U. Oh, really? Yes, yes. So Congrats, I'm happy Chris. to say that I wow. have, you are now outnumbered on this cast, sir. Um, but no, I'm much not. I'm 3252. Oh, we're all 3252, <laughs> and we're all family. We're all family. Much yeah. love of course. Everyone. Yeah, no, no. Hey, I, I'm happy. I'm happy that he's made a decision. I know that it's been a process for him in terms of talking to all the groups, so... Yeah, I vowed you, Chris. Sorry, brother. No, it's but, all um, good. Man, that clubhouse experience is awesome. And if you yeah. uh, if you ever get a chance to catch, uh, I'll you know, be there. A watch party. Anybody yeah. out yeah. there in fandom, please come yeah. on by the clubhouse. It's a yeah. beautiful place to catch a match. It is loud in there. Um, we have our own private bar, um, and I'm helping stock that bar with the proper booze for all y'all. So it's it's going to be fun. It's good stuff. We have the taco truck outside and. Oh, Mandy and I had a blast. It was a really good time with Chris Fantastic. there, and he brought his kids as well, too. And we had a good time, man. Um, An eventful weekend overall. Oh, what a great game. Yeah. What a great game. What almost has been the icing on the cake for me has been just just the entire Morton can of salt that has been poured out from the Timber Army online, which oh, has tickled me in a way that I can't even begin to express. Yeah, so much trolling, or attempted trolling, but, you know scoreboard yeah scoreboard, scoreboard. <laughs> yeah. how about standings Is that, right yeah, i think i think it was it was it joseph zacker somebody put out um uh, a look at the shield standings and it was like you know lafc and a couple teams up top there and then it was the mind the gap logo yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the timbers all the way down at like 20th or wherever they're at uh it's supporters shield it's the appropriate which, name for a team if they're that they keep falling down oh, the standings, you know, Timbers. My favorite, yeah. I think somebody, uh, you know, one of the, the the Timber keyboard warriors was, was you know, going off about how LAFC doesn't have the right until we have a ladies team. 
to say anything to them. Like <laughs> when they're reaching for hypotheticals, you know, oh, that's that's when you know that it's a thorny it's thorny downhill. remark there. <laughs> Ooh. I can't wait for us to have an LAFC ladies team. I would oh, love yeah. for that to happen. I think it will happen. I think Mia will make that happen, and I can't wait for them to beat the Thorns. I'm looking forward to that. That'd be a great, great weekend of the bank. Back-to-back matches. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, we're about ready to take off for an international break here, most literally in my case, uh, as I'm about ready to ship out to uh, to Europe for a couple weeks here. So you guys are going to hold down the pod without me for a couple weeks. We, we may or may not sneak one more in with me before I head off. But To the land of Arnold? Yes, Arnold. Yeah. Uh, yes, I will be heading to the Eastern Rhine, Österreich, uh, yeah. as we say in German or as we say in English, Austria. Yeah. Uh, my sister is a professor at a university in Austria, and I have not visited her since she moved there. So I'm heading off to Austria and taking my mom, who's never been to Europe. So I'm going to have a lot of fun. I do. I'm a little worried. I'm going to be in Europe for two weeks, and my mom has a 64-page typed itinerary worked out for us, which is the scariest thing I have ever seen. But uh, it is her first trip to Europe, so I, I will placate her in that. But um, that's impressive. Man, it's I'm I. You have to be, you know. In 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 the words of Will Ferrell, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Um, it it uh, it is that's a like lot of work. Four to five pages per day. Yeah, almost. yeah. Well, she freshly retired. She was a school teacher for her okay. whole life, and and bless every school teacher out there. But bless their hearts. She's good at lesson plans, so yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's what we're looking at. <laughs> it makes makes um, sense why you're so worldly now. Yeah, when she asked for my plans, <laughs> and I said sit in pub, drink beer for every day, that apparently didn't go over well. So yeah, that is true. Well, Germany and Austria don't have any machines with beers, which I'm jealous of. Oh, it's great. You yeah, know, the best thing about yeah. the vending machines in, in, in most of those parts of the country is that the lowest alcohol is at the bottom so that the children can't get too drunk, which amuses me to no end. Yeah. Well, you know, let's 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 go back to to talking to Caballero and the real reason we're having yeah, this podcast. Um, we want to jump into this interview. So with that, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, if you grew up loving the game or playing the game of football. Yeah, so um, I grew up in, uh, well, I was born in Los Angeles, but uh, we moved to Hesperia, California. I moved around, like, when I was five or six. Um, grew up there most of my life, and uh, my mom, she enrolled me in soccer. So I've been playing as a young child. Um, I mean, I wasn't great, you know. I wasn't actually the best. I was kind of, like, really bad at it. Um, but um, I'm glad she put me in it. gave me love for the sport, even though I wasn't really good at playing it, but... You know, still love being there, eating those oranges at halftime. So pretty uh, scrumptious. <laughs> Hanging with your friends. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, but um, yeah, after that, there's um, I moved from Hesperia to South Lake Tahoe. So I moved up north. And um, I was living up there for a bit. I came back to visit the family in Los Angeles. And uh, by that time, it was already, what, 2018? And uh, my aunt and my uncle, they took me to my first LAFC game. So I think it was uh, LAFC versus uh, the New York. And uh, that was my first soccer game ever. Um, and I didn't know what to expect. And they took me and um, I saw a sombrero uh, that they got at their uh, their wedding. From um, They got married in Puerto Vallarta and somebody gave them this beautiful sombrero. And I was like, hey, why not take it? It's black and gold. And um, I took it, Um, we got there, we got some beers, they took me to the um, 3252, and um, ever since then, 
I'm a LAFC fan. I bleed black and gold, and I love football. There's something about the 3252 experience that when you go through it one time, first time, it it changes you. You know, I mean, you get, and I've said it before, uh, you get in that vortex, you feel that energy swirling around you, and it just, it it's impossible to not be affected by it. Right. Um, and I'm so happy that it's touched you in a way that it's touched me and so many other people. So how did the transition happen from, gosh, this is my first game to, you know, becoming one of the iconic figures of the North End? Um, well, it all well, it started with that sombrero. Um, and then I ended up going to this, like, little, like, toy shop with my friend Elijah. Uh, I think it was called Wackos or something. And I saw... Uh, a luchador mask and it was gold and i was like yo you know it'd be sick if i bought this right now and uh, guess what i bought it <laughs> and, um, do you have a connection with luchadores i mean is that something that you were a big fan of growing up why um, why the mask uh i think it was something that like just the culture like my like being part of like just being hispanic and having those roots um i would just felt connected to it i remember like going to tj and buying like the little luch- classic luchador guys and like the little ring, and then they wouldn't move at all. They were just kind of like stiff little figures, and you like bounce them off the ring and the land and stuff like that. But um, I think it's just more of like it, the culture thing, you know. Like I've grew up around it, and like I've seen it, and I think it's just a really cool thing that people in masks would wrestle. But yeah, I saw this mask there, and I was like, yo, I got it. And then the next game, I I put the mask on, and I put the sombrero on, and that was um that was caballero for a bit, you know, and then um. Yeah, you know, started chanting, getting on that jumbo screen. I was like, yo, this is so cool. What is this? And then um, my mom's friend ended up going to um, Mexico. And um, I was like, can can you please get me a, a charro suit, a mariachi suit? Um, and I didn't think much of it. I didn't think she was probably going to get it for me. But um, I didn't think she was going to get it for me. But uh, she ended up getting it for me. And I was like, yo. Oh my god, I pre like I appreciate you so much. And um like the next day I put the whole suit on. I was just looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, "Yo, what's up?" and like just looking at myself and then um yeah, you look up- smart in that suit out there, bro. I'm not going to yeah. lie, man. It looks good. You got that rook, that look is yeah, it's, uh, it's rocking. If it's, oh, if it's good. How how did it feel, I guess? You know, you went the first time just with the hat. And then with the hat and the mask, and then with the charro, like the whole suit. Do you feel like each time like your your emotions got pumped up as a character continued to like get because built. I know, like, as, yeah. I mean, I can relate a little bit wearing the mask out there, right? So <laughs> when I put on a mask, I feel a different energy. I feel a different vibe. I mean, I remember from 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 game one, day one, there was a lot of us that there were a lot of people out there that weren't as open and accepting of of that culture, of that style of support. Um, you know, did you feel that when you came in? I mean, obviously, you've been embraced and loved by the culture. Now, was there a transition? How did it become one of those things? Um, there was definitely a transition. There was times where they didn't want to let me into the section with a mask on. Um, and that was just in the beginning when I just had the sombrero and the mask. They didn't want to let me in unless I took it off. And then, um, yeah, you know, actually, there's there's one LAPD officer, and I don't want to throw her under the bus here, but um, last year, 
she would find me at every game and be like, hey, you can't wear the mask unless you're in the 3252. And so I just made it a point that at every game I would say hello and goodbye and thank her. And now she finds me at every game and comes up to me and gives me a big hug and we're totally cool. And if I wear the mask outside, they seem to be chill with it and they seem to have mellowed out with that. Um, but I made it a point. I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you discipline me. I'm going to let you be my friend. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and so now she and I, and, and forgive me, uh, you know, officer, I, I don't remember your name at the moment, but, um, <laughs> you know, she's super nice. And, and I mean, you know, she comes up to Mandy, gives her a hug and we say hello to her. She's at every game um, there behind the 3252. And now it's become something that's cool. And I feel like a lot of us, yourself included, really had to kind of fight for that culture to be part of the North End. And I'm curious yeah, to hear, you know, your, your sort of battle stories. Did you have a similar experience where over time they were kind of letting you um, go in with the mask or? Yeah, at one point, like, it just like they see my mask. They don't even ask for my ticket anymore. They just like let me in. Like they see the outfit and they're like, yo, caballero. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, that means so much to me. I really appreciate it. But um, there was this one time where I was uh, I was chanting, had the mask on and everything. Didn't have the suit yet, but it was just mask and sombrero. And um, one of the officers told me, like, hey, you got to come with me. And I'm like, uh, okay. And um, he was trying to kick me out because I had a mask on. And I was like... In oh. the stands? Yeah, in the stands. So they they pulled me from the stands. Uh, they pulled me into, like, the like outside the our seating and stuff. And... um. You were stands. in the 3252? Yeah, or? I was yeah. in the 3252. They took me out of there, um, and they started talking to me. They're like, hey, you can't wear this mask. And I'm like, uh, yes, I can. Like, I've, I've done it before. But he's like, um, no. Nah. So they had to, like, call, like, their head of security, or like, and they had to call, like, their, like, LAPD, like, main guy and stuff like that and ask if I could wear a mask. And at the end of all this, while I was missing the game, they're like, oh, you can wear a mask. And then... um they let me back in and everything was okay after that. But, um, yeah, there was a couple struggles, but, um, you know. Yeah, I think there was some behind-the-scenes fight uh, in order for some of us to be able to have that privilege. I know it is not something that is permitted in many stadiums throughout the United States. To the best of my knowledge, it is not permitted outside the 3252. Um, but I think you're is, right about that. You have to be a vetted candidate within the 3252 to have that permission. Um, a lot of that happens behind the scenes and without even yours and I's knowledge, um, you know, because we are not, you know, I, I don't believe you sit on the council. I don't sit on the council. Um, you know, none of us are, are really involved in some of those those backdoor conversations there. So, you know, a lot of the, the people who have stood up and fought for us go unnamed and unnoticed uh, for the 3252. And uh, believe me, it does not go unappreciated yeah, by those of us so who much. benefit. At which point did you did you think of or wanted to name the character? You know, how did that come about? Um, so I made an Instagram and um, I I wanted to go by LAFC Charro at first, and um, I guess there was another person going by that name, and he messaged me. Did he message you with a fuera? <laughs> I wish. I wish it was a little bit more friendly, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to repeat the words or anything, but um, it wasn't so friendly. And I was like, I mean, okay, I guess I won't be LFC Charro because I think he took the name of that already. I didn't know. And I mean, I don't know. Anyways, misunderstanding. I mean, I looked at that. You didn't know. I, I don't think uh, that person to this day harbors a grudge, right? I mean, 
it's hard. I mean, you know, people won't always want to carve out their space, you know? I mean, I remember the first time I saw somebody else rocking a custom Guy Fox mask, and I, I my first intention was, you know, the first thought that crosses your mind is one that's, you know, that, that, that comes from a place of self, not a place of community. And that's something that so many of us have had to sacrifice and realign ourselves with what is the sense of community behind this, you know? And and, and and now, you know, me and those those people are all pretty cool, and I, and hopefully you and this person have, have, have found a similar alignment. I never met him, actually, but um, I hope he's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that day I was like, hey, uh, why not just uh, put my last name on it? And my last name is Caballero. And similar you know, concept, thought, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool concept, same concept. Um, I yeah. like the meaning of my last name, so I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. And ever since then, I go by uh, Caballero. You're... A cowboy, yet chivalrous, yeah, but yeah. yes, a ch- also a charro. Um, and then if, I don't know if you could sing, but if I you could do I that could. too, <laughs> play the guitar or the trumpet. So Just how kidding. did it go from being, uh, you know, initial experiences with the 3252 and defining yourself as a character to joining a supporters group? How did that happen and how did you end up falling in with your SG? Honestly, it was just chance, you know, like I was looking for um, a support group to look like to be part of. And um, like one day I, I met this wonderful guy named Hank <laughs> and um, he was just amazing. He was just uh, the most nice person I ever met. He really made me feel like I was part of a family. And I think that's what we all look for when we like go to the stands. We're looking for our, our family away from family. And um I can and, say the same thing about Lord Commander and D9U. Absolutely. I think I did on this show once. Yeah. And then um, it was a great feeling, you know, like these people aren't my friends anymore. They like become more than friends. They're they're like literally in my heart. They're my family. They treat me like my family. And these are people that I just met at the um, like going to the games and chanting and dancing, just having a good time. These people would like literally do what my family would do for me, which means the world to me. Like you guys know who you are. And um, I really appreciate everything. Like they, they showed me the best time in um, Portland, and like, yo, like, um, like, oh my god, I don't know. It wants to bring me to tears and stuff like that. But th- they're great people. Like I never met people like that. I've had friends, but not friends like that. So Hank and the crew became your place. Yeah, yeah my new family. Yeah. So, so Por- Portland made these roots even deeper. Oh yeah, so yeah. much deeper. Yeah. So what's your relationship like within your SG? You were already a character before then. So how did that whole acclimation process go? Um, yeah, so I, I was, yeah, the character for maybe like two games. And then I met the crew. I met Hank and stuff like that. And uh, Hank uh, ended up making me, um, he just, he helped me become this character even more. Um, he contacted me. He's like, hey, you know, you want to, let me contact you with Rich. And then after that, like, I did this, like, New Era event. And, like, I was with, like, Katrin Soccerhead. And, and it was really fun. And. It was thanks to Hank that I had these opportunities. So let's speak about those opportunities. You are a member of the LAFC street team. How did that happen, and how did that relationship start? Um, So I applied for the job last season. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't get the job, and so I became Caballero full-time, you know? (laughs) I I think that's what gave me uh, the chance to be Caballero, like, in the stands that you know today. Uh, it gave you a chance I, to develop it. Yeah, develop yeah. and become who I am. And um, joining the street team, um, I ended up joining this season uh, was thanks to 
just getting to know people, different people. Um, and I, I got an interview and I was like, whoa, like what? And, um, I got the job and get like being part of the 3250 do and, and being part of the LAFC community, but also being part of like the workforce is, um, it's just great. Like I work, I play and I sleep LAFC. So like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. It's just a, it's a great feeling. Like, you know, it's quite the I privilege. Get to go to the games. Yeah. I get paid to go to the games. Um, when I'm not at the games, I still go to the games because I'm a fan and it's just a, it's just a good feeling overall to be there. So what, what are some of the typical duties that you help them with, um, game day or other opportunities, uh, maybe off, off away from the stadium in the LA area that you're able to participate in? Um, so the, the events that I've done so far, like I've done a couple watch parties where, we go to like different um, bars that are that we like, I guess, like sponsor and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, we give out like really cool prizes. We give out like signed jerseys. We give out like uh, goodie bags and um, stickers and pins and stuff like that. So it's a really good time to like connect with fans. Like um, you get to talk to them. You get to like see how they are, like whose groups are there, um, why they love LAFC and stuff like that. And then. I get to give them, like, stuff, like, cool swag. So, like, I give them, like, stickers or, like, street, like, T-shirts and some hats and stuff like that. So, it's pretty cool. And we, for, like, game days and stuff like that, um, we do, like, various things. Like, uh, we help with the foundation table. We help out with, like, different sponsorships. Um, we help the people. We guide people for the flags, the American flags and all that good stuff. It's just, um, I don't know, it's just... It really, it, LAFC has had a really big impact on my life and in a really good way. Um, it's given me a new family. It's given me a career. Um, it's just given me so much. So it's a really big gift. So it's 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 become something beyond your Caballero or LAFC Caballero outlet. Now it's literally like in you and out of you. Like you're you're living it, but you're also expressing it and contributing to it. Definitely, it's it's become more than just like a sport. You know, it's become, like, a way of life, a new family. Um, like, it's just given a lot of people in Los Angeles a really good outlet, I feel. Um, it's something L.A.'s been needing for a very long time, and um, I feel that's what LAFC is giving us, uh, a really good positive outlet to, like, help our community and just be, um, I don't know, just good people, I guess. I feel like we've we've done, like, various events and stuff like that, so positive things like feeding homeless and like fundraisers and just helping the youth out it's amazing like the youth is our future so we should definitely start there you know yeah so i think it's uh it's really cool and it's been cool and it's unique to you because you know you didn't grow up here right you've been here for a couple years so not only is this team embraced you in the lafc community and lafc uh, uh crew supporters group but now you in like a short time basically feel like an, an Angelino because of the team and you're able to be part of the fabric of the city now and feel it more than just going to a game like a casual fan because of all the opportunities and what output you've had towards the team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. LA's definitely home. It, it's more than just home now, you know. So what's that responsibility feel like? How does that affect you personally? Does it bleed over in your day-to-day life? Is it something that 
you know, you take into all the things that you do outside of, you know, I mean, a football game. I mean, what is it like to, to, to be a symbol that represents this club on the streets? You know, we talk about street by street, block by block, but you're literally, you know, I mean, a, a, a paid warrior out there on the front lines for our culture. And what is what does that feel like? It's amazing. So, like, basically when you run into, like, a street team member, um, that's going to be your first interaction. You see this person with, like, street team gear and stuff like that. You you want to give them something positive about LAFC. If I if I've meet somebody that I've never met before, they don't know what LAFC is, um, I'm not going to, like, give them something somebody told me to tell them, you know. I'm going to give them my experience that I had personally. Like, you have to at least do it once before, you know. Like, you have to go to the stands and be with the 3252. And after that, like, I tell, I literally told different people, like strangers or people that I work with, people I volunteer with, and um, they've gone to games and they're hooked. They're LAFC fans now, you know. It's just... um. I just want you to feel how I felt that first time I went to that game, you know? Like, it, it's an amazing feeling, and I feel like everybody should um, at least know what that feels like at least once. Yeah, no, and you're a busy man. Like, not only do you have this job, you have a character you put out, but you have a volunteer um, opportunities that you participate in, and you go into school. So the, find that you, the fact that you're able to carve out time with the street team um, is amazing to me. So talk about, like, have you had influence maybe at your volunteer or at school or you tell them about LAFC? Have you had some converts there also? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I volunteer at uh, Cedar sinai and um, I usually talk about LAFC games, and that's what, like, I talk to the security guards and different volunteers and tell them, hey, you definitely have to come by sometime. And um, they've definitely checked it out, and they've told me that they loved it before. And I tell people at school or where I work, and um, I definitely want to take a couple coworkers and um, go hit a game sometime. So, hey, if you guys are listening, you have to come into a game with me. You know, it's funny. I, I've taken so many random people to games, uh, people in my life. And I had one person the other day who was like, man, you know, ever since I came to that game with you, ever since I hear somebody start shouting, and I instantly don't think panic. I instantly start being gravitated towards that shouting and thinking, gosh, what's going on over there? Like, what <laughs> is that something I should be like? Participate? It, yeah. They feel this magnetism towards that energy, whereas they were, you know, you hear people shouting the natural responses to be afraid of it. Um, and that to me was like one of the coolest things I could have possibly heard from somebody when they were like, you know, you completely changed how I perceive sound based on one LAFC game. I mean, that in and of itself is a pretty crazy thing. And I feel like, you know, you get to have those kind of impacts. I, I'd be very curious to hear what the work at Cedar sinai is like uh, on the front lines with people in the medical world, just because that's something that, that, that sort of personally touches my experiences with LAFC as well, too. What it's like to be the representative that goes out there to the hospital because I got that love personally from D9U, and I'm curious what LAFC is spreading out there. Where do they send you? What do you do when you go to a hospital? Well, I think it's independent. That's that's actually Caballero doing it on its own, which is tells tells you about the, the person that he is. Well, the person yeah. that you are. Yeah. How do you go about it? Um. Yeah. So I go volunteer at uh, Cedar Sinai. I volunteer in the uh, emergency department, 
So um, I am just there to make, like, well, have the patients know that they made the right choice to coming here. Um, and just making it a good experience for everybody. Um, not, you know, it's not about myself anymore. It's about them. You know, it's about the nurses that are working long hours. It's about the patient that it's coming in. Um, you just got to make sure, you know, make them feel like they're, they made the right choice and that they're here for a good reason, you know? Like, nobody wants to be at the ER. So um, everybody's grumpy and everything like that. But, you know, you just got to do your job. Yeah, I spent, you know, I mean, 100 days straight visiting an right. ICU last year, right? I mean, I know those are dark places where dark things happen, and there's not a lot of people trying to bring positive stuff there. That's amazing work. Hats off to you. Hearts open to you. That's yeah. that's something that, uh, Thank you. you know, there's not many people who would take it upon themselves to do that kind of work. That's, uh, that's an amazing thing. That segues us into a question that is our most important question. It is our foundational question. It is the very heart and soul by which this podcast beats and, and so much of the North End operates. And it is, my friend, what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? Uh, shoulder to shoulder means to me um, being in the stands next to people that are your family, uh, chanting, dancing, having a good time, um, and that, you know, after, that it just expels after the game, you know, shoulder to shoulder becomes just like your your family. I feel like um, being so close to those people that you're so close in the stands, like those are your people that are part of your daily life now, you know. I think overall it's just shoulder to shoulder just means family now. The family with uh, people that you were complete strangers a day ago and now you're you're super close to, you know. But yeah, family. Beautiful. Family. Well said. Well, with that, we would like to thank you sincerely for coming out and joining us today. Um, we know that uh, today we're recording a little later than usual, so thank you for for all, uh, you know helping us out with this odd time slot. We appreciate that, um, you know, and 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 bless you for what you're doing out there in the community, and and hats off to you for what you're doing out in the stands as well too. Um, you know, the masked men of the North End got to stick together, and I appreciate that brotherhood in and of itself. Uh, and with that, that'll wrap us up for episode 22 as we go into the international break. We got some really good games coming up in the U.S. Open Cup. We have a Women's World Cup that's about to take place in France. Uh, I will yeah. be in Europe for that and hopefully able to give you guys a little bit of a first-hand yeah. look of what's going on on the ground in Europe. And what's so, the nations? Absolutely. So I will be in Austria, Germany, and the Czech Republic. So look for some of those social media posts that I will be sending out via yeah. S2S to the boys back here. Um, but to Chris and Christian, who will be holding down yeah. the fort in my absence, thank you, boys. Uh, and to anyone out there in LAFC community, um, you know, if you would like to share your message, if you would like to speak about what is going on with you and your passion for LAFC, please reach out to us. We'd love to have you. Uh, we will catch you all at the next tailgate. We do have stickers and pins available. And for those of you pin collectors, get ready for that Carson game because the blackout pin is coming. Lots more fun stuff down the road from us. Thank you all for your support. Thank you all for listening. And with that, thank you, Caballero, for coming out. Thank no. you for Christian for hosting us here at S2S Studios. Chris, brother, we're sorry you couldn't be here today, man. We will catch you next time. At LAFC S2S on all social media. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. Good night. Take us home, Sticks. Showed up to show up. Together 
of this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay fly in that FC Dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us old mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that. Bad.